1: Well, welcome back. Wednesday, January 1st, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. I've got young David, Mr. David Dahl, my producer. We have Mr. Bill. We have Teresa. We have all of you. We often speak here of the Marxist influence in America, particularly on our education system, although not exclusively contained there, which explains so much of the rest of society. Think BLM, an avowedly Marxist movement that nearly every institution in America tripped over themselves in a stampede to embrace. That is the dangerous lab leak I often speak of, far worse than anything that came out of Wuhan, because this lab leak from the Ivory Towers here in America, this lab leak of toxic ideology, affects and infects not our lungs, but our brains. The curiosity is how a movement in ideology like Marxism, nearly universally recognized for its toxicity in the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, and into the 1970s and 80s, has become so normalized now and with such a tremendous record of civilizational abuse and body count, how it can become so normalized, so ho-hum, here, now, when a movement nobody has seriously tried to resurrect in the same way with a far smaller, smaller body count, Nazism, is still so healthily loathed. We spoke last Monday about the celebration of Vladimir Lenin that took place at ASU and so many other places the previous Sunday. There would never be equivalents for Adolf Hitler. Why is that? Why do we give Marxist Leninism and Marxist Leninism Maoism the hall pass we would never give to Hitler? Once in a while, William Buckley would turn his syndicated column over to someone else's writing that he offered his sacred space or property to, of course, with attribution. In that spirit, I do that today with a recent piece by Jeff Jacoby, a syndicated columnist based at the Boston Globe. I've known Jeff a great many years, and he embodies a phrase I often like to use with most of the guests I delight in offering to you on a regular occasion, he or she is great because there is no substitute for brains. So, to court, Jeff Jacoby. Last Saturday was the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, the extermination camp in Poland where 1.1 million victims were murdered by Nazi Germany between 1940 and 1945. The United Nations in 2005 designated January 27th as International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Why has the U.N. never dedicated a similar day of remembrance for the victims of communism? The communist system introduced by Lenin has led to more slaughter and suffering than any other movement in history. For sheer murderous horror, there has never been a force to compare to it. The Nazis didn't come close. Adolf Hitler's regime eradicated six million Jews in the unprecedented genocide of the Holocaust The Germans also killed at least 5 million non-Jews, among them ethnic Poles, prisoners of war, Romani people, and the disabled. But the Nazi toll adds up to barely a tenth of the lives that have been extinguished by communist dictatorships. According to the Black Book of Communism, a magisterial compendium of communist crimes first published in France in 1997, the fanaticism unleashed by Lenin's revolution, has sent at least 100 million men, women, and children to early graves. Beginning in 1917, communist regimes on four continents, from Russia and Eastern Europe to China and North Korea to Cuba and Ethiopia, engineered death on a scale unmatched in human annals. Yet communism rarely evokes the instinctive loathing that Nazism does. To this day there are those who still insist that communism is admirable and wholesome or that it has never been properly implemented or that with all its failings it is better than capitalism. Many people who would find it unthinkable to deck themselves in Nazi regalia remember when Britain's Prince Harry wore a swastika armband to a costume party in 2005? What a major scandal that was. Nobody would view communist-themed fashion differently than that. In Manhattan's East Village, the popular KGB bar, named after the USSR's terrifying security network of secret police and torture sites, features Soviet propaganda posters and literary readings. Would any New York hipster ever set foot in a pub called Gestapo? Amazon sells scores of shirts with hammer and sickle designs or the images of communist dictators like Lenin, Stalin, and Mao, who were among the greatest mass killers in history. Search for Nazi-tier shirts, on the other hand, and what comes up are shirts showing a swastika in a red circle with a slash, proclaiming no Nazis. What accounts for the difference? Both Nazism and communism filled the world with pain, terror, and death, yet communists are not regarded with the same revulsion that are the Nazis. In the public perception, Hitler and his Nazi party have no equal as incarnations of supreme evil. Why isn't communist tyranny viewed the same way? A number of reasons suggest themselves. First, in the war against Nazi Germany, the Soviets ended up fighting alongside the Allies. World War II gave way to the long-drawn-out Cold War, but America's alliance with Moscow left in many minds the belief that when it mattered most, the communists were on our side. After all, The free world had labeled Nazis as the supreme evil, so anyone who helped destroy Nazis must not have been supremely evil themselves. Second, the Nazis made little effort to disguise the abhorrent malignance on which their movement was based. Above all, it's genocidal anti-Semitism. They made no secret of their implacable hatred for Jews and other subhumans or their belief that an Aryan master race should rule the world. Conversely, Communist movements have almost always cloaked their malice and brutality with tempting rhetoric about equality, peace, and an end to exploitation. Partly as a result, the myth persists to this day that communism is really a noble ideology with the potential to liberate mankind. Third, Nazism was utterly discredited by the fate meted out to Nazi Germany. Unconditional surrender, an allied occupation, war crime trials and the hanging of senior Nazis. By contrast, communist dictatorships in Moscow and elsewhere entrenched their hold on power. The end of the Cold War eventually brought down communist governments in Russia and Europe, but even then, there was no public accounting for the ghastly crimes they had committed. Fourth, The Holocaust became such a byword for modern barbarism, as the authors of the Black Book of Communism put it, that even mass murders of greater magnitude in the communist world seemed to recede in significance. In crucial ways, the Holocaust stands alone. Nazi Germany deployed every resource at its command to construct a vast industry of death with the goal of rounding up and destroying every single Jew in Europe, not as a means to an end, but as an end in and of itself. There is good reason that so much attention has been paid to the Holocaust by scholars, historians, educators, and artists. As a result, however, the far greater level of bloodshed committed by communist regimes has never achieved the same public awareness. Fifth, there are pictures of what the Nazis did. Filmmakers and photographers entered the death camps in 1945 and recorded what they found, providing images that shocked the world's conscience and became iconic emblems of human savagery. But there were no allies to liberate the Soviet gulag or to halt the agonies of Mao's great leap forward. If there are photos or films of those atrocities, few have ever seen them. The victims of communism have tended to be invisible, and suffering that isn't seen as suffering most people don't think about. These are explanations only, not justifications. Nazism was unspeakably evil, and only an ignoramus or a monster would deny it. Communism, too, has been unspeakably evil. No ism in history has spilled more blood or crushed more lives from anyone with a conscience or a working moral compass. The response to both should be the same. Never forget, never forgive. We only a few days ago were just talking about the fact that we never did with the education of Nazism what should have been done with the education of Communism. Yes, there is now a Victims of Communism Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. It's only about 15 years old. Think about what those who came to America, like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, had to face. They wanted to meet with President Ford. He would not meet with them. He wanted to meet and speak at the United Nations, They were too busy giving a platform to Yasser Arafat. But just because those crimes were unseen and unreported and covered up for too long does not mean they didn't exist or that we don't know that they did. Because they did. And we ought to take it as seriously as we take Nazism. And perhaps, per Jeff Jacoby, ten times more seriously. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show, speaking about uh, the threats of communism and why we should take them seriously. Uh, It's not just a phenomenon, of course, that exists abroad, as it used to, though there were always levels of spies uh, in America. Um, The level now of uh, covert spies, um, the level of infiltration is vast whether it's in our university system, whether it's at our southern border, or whether it's even elected representatives who proudly define themselves as socialists, or whether it's in any number of state and house legislatures. But it's also in social media. TikTok is of particular concern – We've talked a lot about TikTok here, um, and what's interesting about it, in the efforts of TikTok, which is owned by an entity based in China, which is run by the Communist Party of China, they don't allow TikTok to operate in China in the way that it operates here. It's under a different name. They restrict how much time you can spend on it. And ByteDance in China um, doesn't have the kind of, as I say, content that we have here, whether it's about... Sexual exploitation, whether it's about drugs, whether it tolerates self harm and promotes that kind of anxiety. In China, bite dance version called Douyin, if I'm saying it right, D O Y D O U Y I N, it's all science, it's all math, it's all educational. You know why? Because China understands the importance of the child's brain and the youth brain. And we don't. Because China takes their youth seriously for their purposes. And we don't. There were hearings today in the United States Senate with the heads of a lot of these social media companies, America's head of TikTok, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, Josh Hawley did a hell of a job in interviewing Mark Zuckerberg or questioning him, and I want to get to that. He got Mark Zuckerberg to stand up and turn to the gallery of parents whose children had been harmed by the stuff that they have been afflicted with and done to themselves because of the influences of social media, particularly Instagram, which is under Mark Zuckerberg's made a company Ted Cruz was on fire about this too I wanted to play a little bit of his questioning if I have time to do so I think I do
2: social media is a very powerful tool but we're here because every parent I know and I think every parent in America is terrified about the garbage that is directed at our kids I have two teenagers at home and the phones they have are portals to predators, to viciousness, to bullying, to self-harm. And each of your companies could do a lot more to prevent it. Mr. Zuckerberg, in June of 2023, the Wall Street Journal reported that Instagram's recommendation systems were actively connecting pedophiles to accounts that were advertising the sale of child sexual abuse material. In many cases, those accounts appeared to be run by underage children themselves, often using code words and emojis to advertise illicit material. In other cases, the accounts included indicia that the victim was being sex trafficked. I know that Instagram has a team that works to prevent the abuse and exploitation of children online. But what was particularly concerning about the Wall Street Journal expose was the degree to which Instagram's own algorithm was promoting the discoverability of victims for pedophiles seeking child abuse material. In other words, this material wasn't just living on the dark corners of Instagram. Instagram was helping pedophiles find it by promoting graphic hashtags including hashtag ped whore and hashtag preteen sex to potential buyers. Instagram also displayed the following warning screen to individuals who were searching for child abuse material. The, these results may contain images of child sexual abuse. And then you gave users two choices. Get resources or see results anyway. Mr. Zuckerberg, what the hell were you thinking?
1: Okay, you got that? So it warned these images may depict child sexual abuse, and then they get two options, see resources or continue anyway.
3: Right, Senator. Um, the, the the basic science behind that is that when people are searching for something that is problematic, it's often helpful to rather than just blocking it, to help direct them towards something that um, that could be helpful for getting them to get help. In, in what I also,
2: understand, get resources. In what sane
3: universe is there a link for see results anyway? Well, because we might be wrong. We we try to trigger this this uh, warning, or we tried to. Um, when we th- think that there's any chance that the results... Okay, you might, might be wrong.
2: wrong. Let me ask you, how many times was this wording screen displayed?
3: I don't know, but the... but the hey, You don't know. Why don't
2: you know? I, I, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. But, but, but you know what, Mr. Zuckerberg, it's interesting you say you don't know it off the top of your head because I asked it in June of 2023 in an oversight letter and your company refused to answer. Will you commit right now to within five days answering this question for this committee? We'll follow up on that. Is that a yes? Not a will follow up. I know how lawyers write statements saying we're not going to answer. Will you tell us how many times this warning screen was displayed, yes or no? Senator, I'll personally look into it. I'm not sure if we have... Okay, so you're refusing to answer that. Let me ask you this. How many times did an Instagram user who got this warning that you're seeing images of child sexual abuse, how many times did that user click on see results anyway? I want to see that.
3: Senator, I'm not sure if we stored that, but I'll personally look into this and we'll follow up after. And what follow up did Instagram do when you have
2: a potential pedophile clicking on, I'd like to see child porn. What did you do next when that happens, Senator?
1: Boy. Mark Zuckerberg sure knows how to shut down a conversation if it contradicts official policy with regard to COVID. Child sexual abuse? Well, I'll play you more Ted Cruz in just a little bit. He was a dog on a bone here. A good dog on a bad bone. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. He brings us our culture and economy update and his website is grandcanyonplanning.com where you can look at and see uh, what they may be able to do. Uh, for you and a good place to reach out to him first on the culture John Uh, we came in with a little Reba McIntyre I don't know where you stand on her but I had to fight with young David because he is against her and I'll just say I think I'm with the wisdom of the crowd she is playing at the Super Bowl after all
0: Hmm. yeah I mean what's wrong with Reba McIntyre thank
1: you at, at a minimum. Thank John, you. I'm
0: not against Reba McIntyre. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are a
1: rabid anti-Reba hater.
0: My very words oh my were God. I think she's a better television star than music artist, but I was corrected. Yeah. So, you know, I, I got to tell you something yes, sir. today. I went to lunch today. We, we have our little lunch bunch group we go out today, and we went to uh, Scottsdale Airport. I don't know if you've ever been at the uh, restaurant there right at the terminal. Yes, sir. Upstairs. Yes, sir. Just looking out over the tarmac there. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty special. Yeah. Great day today. And there was apparently somebody uh, who needed two private jets who needed a police escort and black uh-huh. you know, SUVs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite tell who it was, but I don't know if you know if any politician that was in town.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: That travels with you know, an entourage that needs two jets, but that's what apparently happened. It might have been so. Taylor Swift. Uh, no, I think it was Taylor Swift. It uh, would have been probably something a little different. Okay. But anyway.
1: Anyway. It just uh, seemed like a
0: waste of our, uh, our taxpayers' money
1: I, I, I bet <laughs> somewhere anti- along the line. I bet they're anti- <laughs> anti-climate change. I bet they're, I bet they're anti-climate change.
0: Well, they uh, were in a great climate today. Uh, yeah, yeah, we sure did.
1: All right. Talk to me on the economy front. Jerome yeah. Powell made a big statement
0: today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I think investors out there on Wall Street are looking for the Fed to, you know, make some decisions on cutting rates. And I think that from all of the um, the prognosticators out there and the analysts, the belief is somewhere between maybe four and six rate cuts that they expect to happen this year. Uh, and they were hoping that that might even occur as early as March, but uh, in the Fed comments today um, – Fed Chair Powell basically said, well, probably not going to happen in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't, you know, say they're not going to happen, but he just basically said they're most likely not going to happen in March. And that kind of sent the the market, um, you know, moving lower in um, trading when they heard that news, which I think actually is probably a good thing to give a little little bit of, uh, you know, pullback in the markets. They're healthy right. and uh gives an opportunity for people to now, you know, come back in and maybe purchase some of the things they've been looking to buy at a lower rate. So, or those people out there in 401ks, as you're contributing every pay period, this again just gives you that opportunity to buy at a lower cost. So not a bad thing. Don't see it as a, as a major issue at this point.
1: How strongly do, or how seriously do we take the notion that I read in all the financial papers that I read, which is just Wall Street Journal and CNBC, not that much, actually, and Mm -hmm. not really paper (laughs) online, where we see inflation really far down and recession really far off. Uh, How seriously do we take that? I mean, I am looking at inflation rates, and yes, it's down, still Mm -hmm. higher than it was at any point in the last 10 years, but down Mm -hmm. from where it's been over the last three or four years, I suppose.
0: Yeah, uh, you know the th- the key I think of this Seth is that it's moving in the right direction. Okay. Right. We're not seeing elevation in, in inflation uh, on a month-on-month basis. We're seeing a decrease, which means it's moving in the right direction. And every month that we get that that indication, that is positive. Uh, you know, yes. Uh, you know, when we think about inflation, we look at as I said, it's month over month, yep. uh, or it's year over year, uh, and we think, well, my gosh, uh, you know. That what I used to buy and paid you know a dollar for now is a dollar twenty five. It's up twenty five percent. Yeah, and it's probably not going to come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was an inflationary period of time that we had excessive inflation. But now we're seeing inflation numbers more in line. You know, getting closer to you know the target maybe that the Fed wants to get to two or. You know, under 3%. Um, it's all positive, I think, for the economy. And the answer is also we're, we're noticing one thing that is when it comes to jobs, this is another side of it. Of course, as we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of corporations, uh, you know, some of these, these tech companies that overhired. Yep. Uh, we're seeing a lot of cuts. Yeah. But we're also seeing, um, generally speaking, that, there are not as many layoffs as, as maybe we've seen in the past. Okay. And we're also seeing a hiring slowdown. Yeah. So, um, you know, jobs are still strong out there, Good. but it's starting to weaken. Gosh. And that's, I think, another indicator that the Fed's looking closely at, and that might be a reason for them to potentially right. begin to uh, lower I'll, rates I'll, sooner I'll, than later. Yeah,
1: I want to pick up on that with you next time we talk, uh, okay. particularly in relation to what we're seeing in growth. Thank you, John.
0: Yep, yep, you bet. Uh, com. You can request an appointment right there with me. Securities and advisory services offer the Creative One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are now affiliated. Go Reba.
1: Fastest tongue in the West. I love it. All right, <laughs> I could Thank- sing like a Reba song. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I had to school you on uh, John Travolta, speaking of that song, Saturday Night Fever. I had to school you a little bit on that uh, origin story of John Travolta, didn't I?
0: I, I guess so. I just sort of thought he miraculously combusted out of the earth, no, and performed in Greece in 1975, and you exposed me to the television show that is Welcome Back,
1: Cotter. <laughs> well, first of all, Greece was 1978.
0: Ah, okay.
1: But yeah, he was made in the sitcom Welcome Back, Cotter. We used to have—I don't know if we still do—and we don't have to if we don't. We used to have that theme song in our bumper, uh, Welcome Back. Welcome Back. No, it's a John Sebastian uh, piece, He of the Love and Spoonful. Um, but John Travolta, Mr. Bill, you'll like this. John Travolta is to welcome back Cotter as Bruce Willis is to Moonlighting. The Bruce series Sebastian turned them Stark. into a movie star. Yeah, that's that's how that worked. Anyway, we are doing a great event March 26th, Fighting for Freedom. We're bringing in Mike Gallagher, the great Mike Gallagher, uh, the radio host. (laughs) We have to say that now because there's Congressman Mike Gallagher because we're running out of names in America. Uh, The radio host, Mike Gallagher, who we all love so much, is so great. Brandon Tatum and I will be on stage. March 26th with you, taking your questions, talking about the election, the election issues, everything under the sun, and anything you want. Lots of Q&A with y'all. You can get tickets at 960thepatriot.com, and uh, we're giving away a pair of tickets on Friday. Uh, You can enter for that, uh, to win that pair of tickets, by emailing my producer, David Dahl. His email is ddahl at SalemPHX.com. D Doll at Salem dot com. Just put fighting for freedom or FFF or F to the power of three or three F. Yes, sir. You have something to say. I must clarify. Yes, sir. I've
0: had some questions from the submittees. Uh-huh. We announce the winners on Friday. Yes. Yes. How,
1: how was I unclear on that point?
0: I don't know that you weren't clear, but I need to. But do we needed clarify. to reiterate. <laughs> All right. Repetition is the essence yes. of pedagogy. Yes. All right. All right every email can okay. continue to email <laughs> okay
1: repetition is the essence of pedagogy on things great and small fine something great uh what is taking place and being uh done to our teens uh our young adults um via social media uh whether it's uh Instagram which is owned by Zuckerberg Meta or whether it's TikTok which is owned by the Chinese communists. Um, So today there were hearings, as I was saying, in the Senate with the American head of TikTok and Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, Josh Hawley really went after Zuckerberg, but so too did Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz, I was playing some of the audio earlier. I want to pick up on it. Ted Cruz was zeroing in on uh, that you have the opportunity you get you get a sign when you when you when you click on something that's going to show child abuse, sexual child abuse. Let's put it even more accurately. Child sexual abuse. And you get two buttons if the imagery or the video is going to take you to that that they flag. You get two buttons. See resources or continue to material, continue on to content. And Ted Cruz is zeroing in on why you get that. He says, what, in what sane world do you get that second option? And he's asking Zuckerberg to get back to him on the data of how many times they have gone through this at Meta, how many times it has been displayed, how many times it has been accessed. He has been trying to get them to answer that. Zuckerberg has been stonewalling. The conversation continues.
3: I think that an important piece of context here is that any context that we think is child sexual abuse Zuckerberg, abusive. that's called a question what did you do next
2: when someone clicked you may be getting child sexual abuse images and they click see results anyway what was your next step you said you might be wrong did anyone examine was it in fact Child sexual abuse material. Did anyone report that user? Did anyone go and try to protect
3: that child? What did you do next? Senator, we take down anything that we think is sexual abuse material on the service and we do. Did did anyone verify whether it was in fact child sexual abuse material? Senator I don't know if if every single searcher is or following up on but in, did, did but you report the, board, the people who wanted it Senator do you want me to answer your
2: question Yeah I want you to answer the question I'm asking did you report time to the people who click see results
3: anyway um, that's probably one of the factors that we use in reporting and in general I mean, we've reported more people and done more reports like this to Nick the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children than any other company in the industry We proactively go out of our way across our services to do this and have made I think it's more than 26 million reports, which is more than the whole rest of the industry combined. So, Mr. Zuckerberg, the, the, an Mr. Zuckerberg, that, that we, your that we company to and seriously. every
2: social media company needs to do much more to protect children. All right, Mr. Chu. In the next couple of minutes, I have. I
3: want. Why? Why?
1: You know, one question. I don't know if it was asked later, but one question I would immediately ask is, how do you have a service and a product that gives you 26 million things you need to report? to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. How do you have a product that delivers 26 million of those necessities to report that? What is it you've built here? He's turning to the head of TikTok now.
2: I want to turn to you. Are you familiar with China's 2017 national intelligence law, which states, quote, all organizations and citizens shall support, assist and cooperate with national intelligence efforts in accordance with the law and shall protect national intelligence work secrets they are aware of?
3: Yes, I'm familiar with this. TikTok is owned by ByteDance.
2: Is ByteDance subject to the law?
3: For the Chinese businesses that ByteDance owns, yes, it will be subject to this, but TikTok is not available in mainland China. And Senator, as we talked about in your office, we built Project Texas to put this out of reach. So so ByteDance is subject to the law. Now, under
2: this law, which says shall protect national intelligence work secrets they are aware of, it compels people subject to the law to lie, to protect those secrets. Is that correct?
3: I c- cannot comment on that. Um, what I said again is that Be- we have, because moved you data have to protect the data. those secrets. No, Senator, we, TikTok is not available in mainland China. We have moved the data into but, an American but TikTok cloud infrastructure. TikTok
2: is and- controlled by ByteDance, which is subject to this law. Now, you said earlier. TikTok
1: is not available in China because it's under a different name and it provides a different service. As we discussed a few moments ago, it's called doyin. But it's the same company. It just doesn't allow the crud in China that it allows here, because China takes their children's brains seriously, and we don't. We're going to do more of this when we come back. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi. They have an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio, where you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. There are abs fees with Y-Refi. You can, of course, turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. You get a monthly statement, no surprises. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-Y-Refi24, 888 y refi Twenty-four. See if we have time to get a little more of Ted Cruz going up against the uh, head of of, uh, TikTok here in America.
2: You said, and I wrote this down, we have not been asked for any data by the Chinese government and we have never provided it. I'm going to tell you, and I told this when you and I met last week in my office, I do not believe you. And I'll tell you, the American people don't either. If you look at what is on TikTok in China... You are promoting to kids science and math videos, educational videos, and you limit the amount of time kids can be on TikTok. In the United States, you are promoting to kids self-harm videos and anti-Israel propaganda. Why is there such a dramatic difference?
3: Senator, that is just not accurate. Uh, There's not
2: a difference between what kids see in China and what kids see here?
3: Senator, TikTok is not available in China. It's a separate experience there. What I'm saying is yes, you have it's a a, separate a
2: company ex- that is essentially the same, except it promotes beneficial materials instead of harmful materials.
3: That is not true. We have a lot of science and math content here on TikTok. There's so much uh, of it. Okay, let me, let me, point, let me point. Feed. You see
1: the logic there. Yes, we have the sexual abuse and the bullying and all the propaganda, but we also have science and math here. We have science and math here. It's just in China, they don't have the former
2: let me point to this, Mr. Chu. There, there was a report recently uh, that, that compared hashtags on Instagram to hashtags on TikTok and what trended. And the differences were striking. So for something like hashtag Taylor Swift or hashtag Trump, researchers found roughly two Instagram posts for every one on TikTok. That's not a dramatic difference. That difference jumps, jumps to eight to one, for the hashtag weaker and it jumps to 30 to one for the hashtag Tibet, and it jumps to 57 to one to the hashtag Tiananmen Square and it jumps to 174 to one for the hashtag Hong Kong protest why it
1: how much time do I have David are we hitting it how much about yep. 30 seconds we're hitting it all right we'll do you we'll be doing more of this I think Cruz and Holly. I think they've, they've got these guys right where we should have them and right where they never really should have ever been in the first place. We'll be right back.